Bitcoin accumulation country. My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. This is season two and this is episode 49. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, For the people in the States, hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, I thought it was lots of fun. Had a uh, visitor in from... uh, from across the pond and uh, definitely had a really good time and uh, got to, you know, make some memories and, uh, you know, have lots of family fun. Anyways, um, so we've got a really interesting episode today. Um, I'm actually doing an interview with the gentleman responsible for the Lightning ATM, Mr. 21 is enough on Twitter. Anyways, uh, he's a super cool dude and I love what he's doing with the Lightning ATM. Anyways, before we get into that, though, um, I'm pretty sure everybody that was listening probably noticed that there's some new theme music to the Fun With Bitcoin podcast, and that is thanks to Crypto Contagion. If you like the beats that you heard, um, him and his partner do all kinds of really cool all kinds of music, all different types, you know, for themes and and whatnot. So if you are interested in getting some really cool sounds for whatever project you're working on, definitely hit up Crypto Contagion. Yeah. So without further ado, here is my interview slash discussion with 21 is enough. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on another fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Phil and joining me tonight is somebody that I actually like 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 every other time I saw them on Bitcoin Twitter and 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 he just posted this super cool Lightning ATM and if anybody's seen my Twitter feed you know that I love Lightning and you know that I love all the fun little things you can do with the M5 stack and all the the microcontrollers. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give his name away. It's 21 is enough and he's doing this really cool Lightning ATM project. So I had to bug him and get him on my show. 21 is enough. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, man. Hello, Phil. Hi, hi. Thanks very much for having me. Great. Great to be here. Cool. So before we uh, before we get started about the fun lightning stuff, which don't get me wrong, the stuff before will be fun too. But um, before we get sure. started on that, I always like to go down the uh, the rabbit hole. So please, um, for the listeners, how did you uh, how did you get into Bitcoin? <laughs> my rabbit hole. Yeah, rabbit my hole. rabbit hole. <laughs> A rabbit hole story. Yeah, that was fun. So I didn't really start with Bitcoin, actually. The way I started was back in 2013. That was the first time I kind of heard about a cryptocurrency. And I heard about this mining thing and that you can kind of make money online with machines. And yeah, that got me interested. I was always interested in computers and in, in tech in general. And I... I went online on eBay and I bought one of those USB butterfly labs ASIC miners. It was one of the first, like, oh, yeah. quite little butter, butterfly miners, were they called? Little boxes that you could put, put on your tabletop, um, connect via USB, run a software, and start mining. But I mean, it was totally not profitable at all. I bought it off a guy of eBay, like, didn't didn't return anything I kept it running for I think a couple of weeks or months and uh, put it away again and then a little later like I, I kept thinking about it it was like this mining thing and I kept reading about it online and eventually I started to dig deeper and then I went and bought proper hardware so I went bought um, like a, a mining rig so I bought a motherboard bought a, a CPU put it all together and a bunch of graphic cards. That was early 2014, and I started mining Dogecoin. So I was like a Dogecoiner. Nice. I was active on Reddit, and <laughs> I love the community. Super active community, super fun people. A lot of memeing, a lot of yeah, a lot of fun online. Just talking to those people and mining Dogecoin. Yeah, I mined Dogecoin for a couple of months. Had a super high electricity bills heated up my parents' basement. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then I had my first Bitcoin, had my first Dogecoin. But it wasn't until like early 2015 when I actually got my first Bitcoin at around $200. And but even at that point, like I didn't understand what Bitcoin really was to the point where I that I do today. Like it was just this funny money online that you can 
play with that you can send around. I wouldn't know about its censorship resistance and about its soundness and hardness. It was all just like um, for fun and giggles. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, like those, I had those breaks in between. So I was interested and I went offline or off of Bitcoin or off of crypto for a little while and then back on it again because I heard again about it. And there, those those little breaks in between um, got shorter and shorter and shorter. And eventually I was so hooked that I couldn't let it go anymore. And that's uh, probably about one and a half, two years that I really just, be, I'm in Bitcoin and around Bitcoin every single day. Yeah, I can't let it go. Definitely Andreas played a big part in this as well. All his videos, his education online went through Justin Moon's Biddle Bootcamp. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. Together with Open Noms, actually. So we were, I think, in the first iteration that Justin did. And a bunch of others that are still around. Like when you go here to conferences, this year I've been to quite a bunch of conferences. We meet again and again the same people, Open Noms and many others that have been part of the Biddle Bootcamp. Justin's around often. And uh, yeah, it's just a super fun community. I love it a lot. That's awesome. I, I, I didn't know that. Well, you know what? I, um, I mean, I, I got to interview Justin. I met him at the MIT uh, Bitcoin Expo 2019. And uh, he is, right. yeah, he is absolutely a super cool dude. And I got to do an interview with him. Um, he, he, you know what? It, it's, uh, I, I like his, uh, his, his style, you know, because he's not, uh, he's, it's not like pretentious. You know, he's, he, Absolutely. you know, it's like yeah. very, uh, you know, it's like very humble and down to earth. And, and as a result, you know, he can easily relate to people. So it, it really helps. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's totally our experience. Like he loves his students. He loves to have you around. It was always like when during the during that Beatle bootcamp, he was super helpful. You could just schedule an appointment with him, have a one to one interaction uh, online. Just uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic and still is. I mean, whenever there is a conference uh, breaking Bitcoin this year, we shared an Airbnb together with a bunch of people and had like loads of fun. Yeah, it was, really cool that's awesome um okay so uh so when did you uh so going back because you, you mentioned something about the soundness and everything like that so for me i i came to it with uh, you know the the medium of exchange use case i i really didn't think of it in any way shape or form as a store of value to your point it was just internet money and for me it was really just hey i can transfer value from point a to point b and you know i, I can do it in this method which is much easier for me than any other method you know, right, so, right. Okay. so um, to your point about the, the the soundness, what is it like? When did you know? When did that change? Like, what is it that all of a sudden like got you to think, okay, that this is somehow different? Like, it's not just this funny money. Like, I, I know mm. that you you know you said you're in and around it, yes, but like at some point, like it became more serious. Like, what was it that triggered that? Absolutely. You know, um, I think one of the main reasons was that I kept seeing my value increasing like the value kept going up even though i spent a bit of bitcoin like i used it online to pay for my voice over ip service and and other stuff that was whenever it was possible to pay with bitcoin i used it for for hosting services and things like that vps um, um, and i was like i spent bitcoin and I opened my wallet again two months later and the price was like double or whatnot. And I was like, oh, I actually spent Bitcoin. I still have more. So I started, I mean, that was really when, when I kept looking deeper and was like, what is really happening here? Why does that go up in price? What is going on? And I started reading and researching more and more. I had my fair bit of like other projects that I was interested in as well during 2016, 17. Um, didn't really... Um, dabble in it too much i was fairly uh, fairly consistent even though i did definitely like ethereum was at, at one point i was like oh yeah this ethereum thing i should really look into it and maybe that's a better a better solution than bitcoin is and i think that helped as well like looking at other things looking at other projects and then eventually coming back to bitcoin and realizing that this is the soundest thing or the soundest technology the soundest solution that there is um helped a lot i think andreas's book 
helped definitely. And then all the podcasts, like listening to people, um, getting introduced into the Austrian Austrian economics, listening to Stefan Levera's podcast, reading Seiferdin's book. Um, yeah, I think it's not it's not only I mean for me definitely the technology because I'm I'm a technologist. I love the technology itself and how beautiful Satoshi arranged all those um, cryptographic primitives and, and those technologies that were around. But at the same time, it's super fun to study about the um, economic aspects and to look at those. Um, yeah, look at, I mean, I studied business and economics and uh, the Keynesian um, the Keynesian theory was definitely totally prevalent and looking at other at other uh, schools of thought was definitely super eye-opening to me. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's taboo, right? Like there's, you know, it's it's just the way it works. Like whenever it's presented to us, it's just presented to us as a, you know, as a fact that you yeah, know, this yeah, is simply yeah. just the way it works. <laughs> exactly. And then you got to write it down. Like they want you to, they want you to read it and have it yes. like kind of like burn it into your, into your synapses and then you got to regurgitate it onto a piece of paper and that's just the truth like yeah it's you know indoctrination you know yeah, at, indoctrination at its best um yeah. Yeah. so that no that that's definitely cool um i i mean it uh I, I always like to know you know like why people really you know like what why all of a sudden it changed or why you know why they you know, for the most part, a lot of us come into it and a lot of us end up shitcoining or a lot of us end mm. up, you know, kind of like confused. And then we end up, you know, either we get shaken out and get wrecked or, yeah. you know, we stick around and we end up finding Bitcoin and or I should say we we refine like we revisit Bitcoin and realize, hey, you know, this is this is why I came here in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's, as you say, there's, there must be hundreds and thousands of different stories, how people go through this. Um, some realize it a little earlier, some a little later. And I think it's just fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm at the point where I don't try to, uh, like, constantly convince people and get into feuds or, or argue online. I'm, I'm a little tired of it, of that. And I don't think it's a good, a good use of my time. <laughs> like I have much more interesting things to do only just like keeping up to date with the latest technologies latest developments in and around bitcoin and lightning is like a, a full-time job right so no time for for arguments and for too much drama around around it yeah <laughs> you're you know what you're 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 better than i am i'll tell you that much but um <laughs> yeah because I, I can't help it sometimes man when i see some of those like terrible peter shift tweets you know, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, it just it yeah. completely kills me, you know, like mm, it, it just like I, 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 I shouldn't say that. Like, it's not like, yes, I you know, genuinely feel something. I don't. But it just it uh -huh. what bothers me is that someone else is going to read it and think that what he's saying is the only angle, you know, so that, yeah, that's that's kind of why I get like disappointed. And then I have to answer back. But you're right. Like, we shouldn't. We should just uh -huh. build. So, yeah, 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 it's it's definitely uh, that's what I my conclusion at the end. I mean, I do also use that block feature a little bit on Twitter and uh, just try to keep my feet clean because, yeah, there's there's a lot of noise, especially now that, like, when some of my tweets um, about the ATM, um, there was a lot of people creeping into my mentions and starting to, like, go, like, oh, that why don't why don't you build that on our platform and on our, um, like, blockchain that would be a lot better for this and that and such reason and i just like yeah i i'm not gonna respond i'm not gonna go against it but i'm just gonna mute them or block them or something yep yeah i agree there's definitely uh the, the, there's a lot of scammers that come out of the woodwork when you when you build when you build something interesting yeah you know so but uh but speaking of which um all right man so i you know that lightning ATM is like the 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 coolest fucking thing I've I've seen so far on lightning, and, and I love it. So, tell tell everybody about it. Like I, I want to know about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'm I'm super happy that so many people like the idea and and find it find it interesting and want to build it themselves. Like that would be really 
that would be really super cool if all of a sudden those ATMs pop up all around the globe in different places. That would be super, super fun. Help us. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely, I am definitely on my way there. So the idea I had um, in, I think around June at, yeah, I was at Breaking Bitcoin, Breaking Bitcoin, a Bitcoin con um, a security conference about Bitcoin in um, Amsterdam, it was this year. And you know, we talked I don't know exactly when when this came to my mind, but it was just like a thought. Why not now that we have the Lightning Network and we have this possibility to send super super low value over this over this um, um, over the internet? Really, I was like, why don't we use that to like kind of make Bitcoin tangible or make this Lightning Network a little bit um, yeah more tangible for people and use coins two cents, five cent coins and show how powerful that actually is because that is literally, or people, some people would call that micropayments, right? So I had this idea of building this machine that accepts coins and turns it into Bitcoin. It was kind of stuck in my head. And after the conference went home and I started to do some, I, I didn't really know how I would go about it. I had like a rough idea. Yeah, I could definitely work with a single board computer, like a Raspberry Pi. And I knew that, or I did, I did look online and I found that there, those coin acceptors exist. Like I, I wouldn't need to build that myself. So there was hardware around that I could use. And did some more research and eventually settled on a bunch of hardware that I just ordered and shipped it to, to yeah, ordered it from different places from AliExpress and, and, other, and other shops. And yeah, then I really just gradually, gradually, gradually um, built that thing together. So I had like a little idea where I wanted to take it. I mean, I didn't start with the coin acceptor. I started to write some some Python scripts first. And I had this e-ink display that I interacted with, which had a bunch of buttons. So at first I would use those buttons to simulate um, coin inserts. Oh, yeah. Insertion, so I would like just press buttons and it would simulate that was like 10 cent coin now. And then I started to build the first user flow um, on only just uh, Raspberry Pi anti e ink. And from there, slowly but surely, just gradually increased and it became more and more sophisticated. I added a button, I added the camera, and yeah, eventually I had the whole setup in front of me. The software was there, and it worked. So, it, yeah, it just worked. I got a question for you. What's the uh, what, what's the camera for? The camera is um, eventually it... I can get rid of the camera, but for now the camera is. And I actually, I actually now at the point where I'm probably not gonna get rid of the camera. The camera is for QR code scanning. Oh. So you can show it the invoice of your Lightning wallet. And it scans it and um, you or pays them that invoice, right? That's the main. Well, that's why I built the camera into it. That's that was before. I mean, Ellen URL was probably already thought of, but um, I don't. I'm not sure it was implemented already. Now I do have a feature where you can scan a QR code to receive, right? So you can press a button, and I will create an Ellen URL display that on the e-ink and you then scan it with your blue wallet or your wallet of satoshi to receive your bitcoin so so hold on because i was like i was looking obviously you know i was looking through your tweets and i'm like and i went mm -hmm. to your github okay because i'm yeah. definitely interested in building this thing um Good but um okay so I, I didn't realize there's a raspberry I, I didn't realize there's a raspberry pi involved i thought that you had used like something like a microcontroller not that it matters but i it, it just to me like i saw there was a board um that's like uh you know, kind of like uh, uh, up right, on the right. back, and I to me, I, I thought it was like an ESP32 board. So what, what, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what boards are you using? I see. Um, I'm actually using a Raspberry Pi Zero, Zero W, oh, so the Wi-Fi version. Okay. Yeah, it's the smallest, smallest Raspberry Pi, and it's inside of the box at the bottom. What you have seen probably just behind the screen is the board. Um, that interfaces with the e-ink display on the other side of, oh. that, of the front of the ATM. Okay. So there is like the e-ink display, it, there is a flat band cable that goes into the box, and then there is a, a board that, uh, that then has a hat with which I interface to the Raspberry Pi, the Raspberry Pi Zero. Okay. okay. 
I've chosen, I had a couple of discussions as well with uh, BTC socialists um, over the last couple of weeks. And I'm not sure whether I should try to go towards microcontrollers as well and try to use an ESP32. There is definitely um, a lot of a lot of potential there. I'm not sure if it's the right thing for my ATM. We'll see. We'll see. There, I do like with ESP32s. You always gotta flash them constantly, right? When you do something, you gotta yes. compile your software you every time. It. Right, right. So I'm a bit more flexible with a Raspberry Pi Zero. I just SSH into it, or or I, or sync my newest files onto it, and then run. And I can also interact with it. Um, like, yeah, a little easier through SSH, and I can uh, remotely access it, for example. So there's a bunch of things that I that might be possible on ESP32s, or also, say, over-the-air updates. I think there is possibilities to do these kind of things on ESPs, but it's not as easy um, as it is on a Raspberry Pi Zero. Also storage, like accessing um, storage, writing something onto um, the ESP32 is possible, but but I think it's not as easy as it is on a on a Raspberry Pi. And I'm writing in Python, so that's also easier. I have a full fledged Linux on there, right? So I write my software in Python on ESPs. I would need to switch to C or to MicroPython eventually. Yeah. So, question for you: If you're okay, so if if you would sell these, right? Uh, because I, I asked you when I first saw that thing, like, you know, if yeah. we if we could build our own or buy it. And you yeah. said maybe hopefully both. So if, yes, if yeah. we could if we could buy it, like, would it be already you know already like uh, running, and we would just have to change it to our local currency, or would we yeah, or yeah, would yeah. we or would we be buying a kit and we'd put it together kind of thing? Like what do right. you th what, what what are you thinking? I think there is um, opportunities for both. I think that like a kit is definitely an option for those tinkerers who want to build it themselves, who want to play around and have a little fun with it, flash, flash it themselves and download or, or uh, clone my GitHub. That is a possibility. So I do think kits, maybe even that's going to be the first that will be around at some point after yeah. I've, I mean, my main goal as of right now is definitely to get this project to a point where people can go and build it just with, with hardware that is available, right? Go and buy things on Ali or buy it from local hardware stores and go and build it um, themselves. That is definitely the first step. And then eventually, so what I'm thinking is, for example, right now there's a lot of cables, a lot of jumper cables, and, and the setup isn't super easy, so you yeah. still got to know exactly where to put those cables and what to what needs to be connected with what. So I'm thinking to build a custom PCB board mm -hmm. that would interface with all the different hardware components. So you could just really, there would be one uh, hat where you could stick the Raspberry Pi onto, another one where the e-ink display is going to be connected, and then a bunch of connections where people can, where it's written, say, coin acceptor, and then coin acceptor, red cable, and whatnot. Like, just make it easier. Yeah. Um, for people, for t even like there is various degrees of um, tinkerers around, right? Some are a little bit more technical, others just like to have sort of a kit that they can just Lego in Lego style basically put together. That's definitely going to be one of the solutions that I'm thinking about. And then there is those who do not want to do anything. Like I had those responses. Many of them, many people just said uh, when I responded, sometimes they would say, where can I get one? And I, and I responded, said, well, uh, you can't get one, but you can't build one at the moment. <laughs> and then uh, there were, and then some some of them respond, "Well, but I don't want to build. I want I want to buy. Like I don't." Uh, there was one response that was quite interesting. <laughs> the guy said, "The guy said like, I don't I don't have the skills to do this, but I have the money to buy this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just tell me one. <laughs> People just want to buy it off you. I mean." Yeah. I mean, of course, like I'd love it just working, but at the same time, yeah. like I feel like the learning is in the building. Like if I could, you know what I mean? Like if I could follow at the very least, buy the mm. parts, follow instructions yeah. and build my own, I'd be, yeah. Yeah. I'd be thrilled, you know, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I looked through the instructions so far and like mm -hmm. so far they're still kind of unfinished. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I mean, That's actually on purpose. So <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point, yeah, really, because... No, I'm but I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't I, worry. I, I, like, I don't yet feel comfortable <laughs> encouraging people to, to um, build. go and build because it's not it's not finished. Like it's there already. is a bunch of stuff that I want to do. The software, I mean, hardware from a hardware perspective, it kind of is, but uh, there's still some flaws and bugs in the software that I want to iron out and. Um, yeah, I'm the, I just I would like to spend a bit more time on it, and when it's at a point where I really think, oh yeah, now I think it's like tinkerer or or DIY ready, then I will definitely encourage people and put a proper tutorial online, um, show exactly how it needs to be done, and then it should really work um, as well. Yeah. yeah, I think it's awesome, man. I, I really yeah, do. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome that you did it, and I think that it's it's great that you posted it and showed that mm-hmm. to, you know to to the world because I I think it's important. You know, a lot of people. So you know, kind of to go back to this because you came. You know, if we rewind and go back to when you came into Bitcoin through medium of exchange, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're just kind of like playing around with it and and people don't realize like peter schiff always uses i hate to bring him up again but he always uses the excuse right that like we don't use bitcoin we just hold it to dump our bags but the reality is is that we do use it we just don't use all of it we actually save some of it you know which is something we are not encouraged to do with our local currencies absolutely you know we're encouraged to spend them as quickly as possible true i agree i agree like the usage of um, using Bitcoin as a sort of value, holding on to it because uh, there is a chance of it increasing in value or just simply for the fact that it has a cap and there is no more than 21 million, holding on to it like you hold on to anything that has a limited supply is a use case, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. But like, you know, at the same time, so is using it a bit, you know, if you decide. Sure. You know, I mean, sure. obviously, you don't want to use all of it because it retains value very well, you know, but definitely true. True. Yeah, I, I use actually Bitcoin every people... single day. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here in uh, at the Block Cafe. It's like a co-working space in Lisbon. And cool. here only Bitcoin is accepted. So I pay my rent here with Bitcoin. Um, we pay everything with lightning. So we have a fridge with like water and stuff, um, Coke and juice and whatnot that you can get beers uh, on weekends or in the evenings. And that is all paid with lightning. Everything paid with lightning. So I, I really use Bitcoin every single day. Man, that is amazing. I, yeah. I you know yeah. what? I shouldn't say I wish I could because I know that if I, if I tried harder, I probably could use it more. But for now, I, I pretty much just use it for, you know, for hodling and, um, you know, buying like things online, like, you know, T-shirts and hoodies and yeah. hardware wallets and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but- I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super, I'm quite convinced that this, um, the spending part of Bitcoin, using it as a medium of exchange, it will definitely, it has to be part of this whole revolution and it's, it's going to come. But for people to come to the point where they actually want to st- spend their Bitcoin, I do see that with myself. Like when I pay my rent here, it hurts a little, right? <laughs> I mean, I try to um, rebuy every Bitcoin that I spent because it's just not something that I want to lose and that I want to get rid of because of its scarcity. And I think in order for this to, um, medium of exchange, to actually um, play out that there, I think there is a bit more time for uh, until that actually happens. I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be uh, a, a thing that we see soon or like this whole mass adoption thing where uh, every other shop accepts it. I'm, I mean, I'm super happy whenever they do and I'm willing to spend a couple of euros worth of Bitcoin whenever possible, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out and spend like hundreds of euros worth of Bitcoin just on on things only just because i could no i totally agree exactly that that's Mm. that that's exactly the point you know like it's you you at the same time you do want to hold it so Mm. but but you're right though i i definitely don't see like mass adoption like mass adoption is not something that just happens around the corner i I know that people say Mm. like you know that saying there you know slowly and then suddenly um or Mm. slowly and then all suddenly altogether uh, something like that, right. but uh, yeah. 
I, I, I think that in this case, it's it's going to take a long time because I, I look around at the people around me like, okay, recently at work, I've had more people talk to me about Bitcoin than at any other time. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, you know, that that's just my local area that's unfortunately stuck hearing me talk about Bitcoin all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, it's like eventually it becomes your echo chamber. But, uh-huh. but you yeah, know... Yeah. It, getting out of that you know it's 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 very difficult you know most most people don't know about it so absolutely yeah that is true i have um i have a couple of shops that i offer my btc pay setup so they um, use it to accept bitcoin in their stores there is two in berlin that use my my server instance one of them is actually getting a, a full node now um, by himself and we're in the process of setting up the whole the whole thing for his shop and it's kind of interesting to get that feedback so there seems to be interest so he has like in that one shop in particular has a like a pay with bitcoin sticker or it's kind of visible that on on his counter that you could and can pay with bitcoin and a lot of people seem to be asking what it is how it works and oh really this thing that's still around like i heard of it two years ago but like (laughs) seems to not be going away and he has and he kind of started to educate people and told them like how it works and now other shop owners around him seem to be interested so that one guy that now uses my server has also heard from this other guy that this possibility or opportunity still exists so there is there is movement like there's it's a gradual process and i'm not and takes on and it goes faster and faster but i think it's it's also a grassroots movement bitcoin um has grown over the last 10 years just slowly gradually because people wanted to use it not because they were forced to and i think that's keep that keeps happening like people will come to bitcoin because of the value that they, not because someone um, forces them to use it as we are forced to use um, our government's money that's a that's a very good point. A lot of people that come to Bitcoin, uh, I'd say almost, I mean, everybody that I know came to Bitcoin because they wanted to, mm, you know, yeah. like it's it's something that, you know, that fit into their value system. And so they found it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but other sure. but otherwise, you know, they like all of us, you'd just be a no coiner. You know, mm, if, if, yeah. if you didn't, yeah. you know, if, if you didn't find Bitcoin, of course, then, then you'd just be a no coiner and all you'd have are stocks and yeah. bonds and real estate. And, you know, like yeah, yeah, when, when yeah, people yeah. really don't want to become experts in any of that, they just want to be able to hold something simply yeah. and continue to do what they love. And that should retain its value. You know, like a human being deserves to have that. And somebody I else. I absolutely think so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. So, um. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, just to go a bit back to the uh, the lightning topic. Um, so, mm-hmm. did you did you ever build a Raspi Blitz? Yes, I did build a Raspi Blitz as well. I wasn't as involved as as others, um, or for example, uh, as Open Noms is right now. I we we played around with it during our Biddle Boot Camp time, and I did, I did. We had a, we were trying to kind of port the whole thing onto Odroids. So we both ordered a bunch of Odroids and played around on those on those Odroids. And I had set up a bunch of Raspberry Blitz myself too, yeah. And he went on to um, contribute a lot to the project. It's really fantastic what he does. Big time. These days. Yeah, absolutely great, yeah. He's- I don't, like, these today, I don't run, run Raspberry Blitzes anymore. I run um btc pay the btc pay stack often so when i set up a new and a new node this is mostly the btc pay um, stack that i use i love the guys it's absolutely brilliant software oh cool so wait a second so uh for the lightning atm you're using btc pay server i do use that in the back end yes i mean cool at the end it- it comes down to L&D, which I use. So I use the L&D REST um, API to interact with my node. At, and that runs on my BTC Pay server, exactly. So it, I think that's also going to make it easy for people to actually use in combination with the ATM if they want to build it by themselves. Because BTC Pay server, to set it up, it's quite 
it's quite easy if you use the Docker setup. That's quite straightforward. So my wish and hope is that people will use something like BTC Pay in order to maintain or to pay Bitcoin that people buy at their ATMs through BTC Pay. So if you set up BTC Pay and you choose to run LND alongside, then your IPA, um, your API is going to get exposed and you just insert basically that URL and your admin macaroon into the onto into the software and you're good to go. Yeah. Do you think it would be possible to um, to use like a, a raspy blitz as the uh, as the back end for the uh, the ATM? Definitely, yeah. We hey, actually just... did exactly that. Ram Openums and me did um, at the Bitbrum where we were about two weeks ago. We so we both went there, and he had his his. I don't know if you've seen his new case, the black yes. case. Yes. The, yeah. the desktop one super. that's like angled. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 The one that's angled. Yeah. Super, super lovely design. And he had that one with him and I had my ATM. So we had our little booth there and to showcase um, full node and to showcase the ATM. And we connected the both. So we had his node, which is a rat, which run, ran the Raspberry Blade software. And that was connected to the ATM. Yeah. It's, I mean, as long as you run L and D, which I use at the moment, you're 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 fine. You just need the API endpoint to for the REST API, yeah, and then you connect that to um, to the to the ATM. Okay, so and but the admin macaroon. Yeah. I, yeah, I was gonna say, so you need the admin macaroon. You don't need the exactly. you don't need the read only invoice macaroon. You just need one of them. Yeah. So. With I'm the just ATM, to, you with actually ATM. need the admin macaroon because with the read-only or with the invoice macaroon, you oh, could only... Oh, you're sending money. Send. I'm actually sending money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why you need the admin macaroon. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's that's a bit tricky. So there that's is pretty cool, though. It, it is cool. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I have a couple of thoughts in my hat how to, how to mitigate uh, risk in terms of like hacking because yeah, yeah at the end you're you're running around with an ATM that has an admin macaroon on it. But I've got I've got some interesting ideas. I just talked to Kido Miner, uh, one of the Noddle guys. I don't know if you if you've spoken to him. Um, I know who so he is, the, but I, I haven't spoken to him myself. Hmm. One of the ideas would be to have like a separate partition on that SD card. So there is an SD card inside the Raspberry, um, and. I would have like one partition in order to boot the Raspberry Pi up and to start the software, but there would be a separate encrypted partition with the sensible data on it. And then since I have a camera, it might be possible to interact with the ATM in a way through through QR codes rather than um, an app or something. So I could just like have a password encoded into a QR code. And whenever you turn on the ATM, it would say, please show me the um, QR code encrypted password. You show it to the ATM. It takes it, it scans it, and then it encrypts the the, sep, the uh, second partition on the SD card, and therefore, kind of, um, yeah, is then able to send money through through your node. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's definitely a good yeah. idea. I mean, that's that's yeah. hardcore. But see, at that yeah. point, man, you're making a finished product. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like once you're implementing security like that, that's like that's you know, you're yeah. you're ready for retail adoption there for that. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I actually there's also something something other than that that I'm quite stoked about. So I've I've just talked like it came up about a week ago or so, I think, in uh, one of the LN URL chats or the L L and T X bot chat, um, together with um with BTC Socialist and Fiat chat. So we were like talking about this API. Um, BDC Socialist introduced me to the LNTX bot API, which is super cool because you can uh, create LN URLs, for example. That's what I use at the moment to display LN URLs on the ATM. And so I, we talked about it, and then I had the idea: why not um, use the LNTX bot to and connect the LNTX bot, which is a Telegram Lightning bot right connect that to the atm 
and talking to Fiat Jeff a little while, and he just went on and, and built basically what I needed. He built an, an, an uh, like a command that you can use right now in order to display in your Telegram bot the credentials that you need to connect to the API. So what will be possible when you go into the ATM, you will be able to say, oh, connect to my Telegram bot. And then you go into your Telegram LNTX bot, you type in like API credentials or whatnot, the command is, there will be a QR code that has encoded your API credentials. And then you just show those credentials to the, a to the ATM. And that's all. Like in 30 seconds, you will have your bot connected to your ATM and it will then be possible to pay. So your ATM will then be possible to use your um, Telegram bot's wallet to pay out Bitcoin. That's so you insane. can top it up super easily. You can just use the Telegram bot. I mean, it's a custodial solution, but still, I think for small amounts, if you want to use it with your friends and family, put like $10, $20 worth of Bitcoin on it, just use that bot, connect it to the ATM, and you're good to go. You can just start using it with that money that's on your on your Telegram bot. That's amazing. Hmm. I mean, seriously, that's just like... I, I really find the uh, the tech that's going on with the, uh, you know, like all of these microcontrollers and everything like that and doing all of this stuff with the bots. It's really incredible. Mm, it's I mean, it's, it's it's like yeah. it's super fun. It's fast. I, I know a few people are working with the uh, bottle as well. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. We had just this conversation in, um, in, um, in uh, <laughs> Birmingham the other day, I think. It would be really cool if there were even more people. Like right now, it sometimes feel like there is just a handful or a couple dozen maybe people that are actively building things with hardware or software. But and it would be great if that community could expand a little and become bigger. And we had we had just like a vibrant building, a vibrant DIY community. I I think that's going to come with time, though. I I think that there's a lot of people that. Like right now, the tinkering is really like, look, like when I first started tinkering with computers, like back in like the uh, like, let's say the, you know, like 2003 or something, 2005, like I started messing with computers late in my life. Like I started only in my 20s as a kid. Right. I had access to computers, but I never played with them. I couldn't care less. Uh, it was just out mm -hmm. skateboarding and snowboarding. <laughs> but like, you know, like one, once I got older, I definitely got interested in it. And like at that point, the level was already beyond the point of be like of intermediate or expert. It was already at beginner. You already had finished products that you could sit there and just run it. You weren't having to run code. You had to actively mm -hmm. choose to use command prompt tools. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, yeah, and I, I think like mm -hmm. Bit Bitcoin and Lightning Yes, there are absolutely the finished wallets and everything like that. But when it comes to the tinkerers, even like we're not at the finished product stage for the tinkerers. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. That is right. I think that is what BTC Socialist does is super, super cool. He has these kits that are really um, that that he brought to those different conferences where he went to and made little workshops. I think that's super helpful. Oh, yeah. People. How, how easy it also is it's not it's not really hard you just get gotta get your hands dirty and start start downloading some things and trying out github and yeah play around with a bit of code sometimes it's just a little this entry barrier that you're gonna break through and then, and then yeah you, you're gonna love it you're definitely gonna love it people get afraid you know like that that's what happens yeah. like they look at it i mean you know don't get me wrong but like i i met btc socialist through the uh, the lightning node roundtable um, mm -hmm. you know, where we, uh, we all sit down and, you know, they tell us about the updates that they did on the raspy blitz and BTC socialist yeah, gives yeah. us updates on his, uh, microcontrollers and, uh, mm -hmm. Suheb joins us from, uh, ride the lightning and tells us about ride the lightning, yeah. tells yeah. us about the UI mm -hmm. and, you know, like for me, like I would hear BTC socialist talk and he would show us this stuff and I was like, how the hell does he do that? But, <laughs> but to your point, like I got myself an M5 stack I, you know, installed Arduino. I started like learning how to, you know, tinker with the code a little bit more. And then I started being able to even fix things and add things. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. It, it definitely, I mean, don't get me wrong. I cannot write any code from scratch. 
So like I, I can't start with a yeah. blank slate and make something happen. But I can right. I can take pieces of existing code from different projects, mm-hmm. put them together to make them do something. Oh, you'd be surprised so, how many developers just work like that. Because <laughs> that, that I can do. Because I could figure out the, <laughs> yeah. the problems with sticking the code together. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I know where I could end that line. You know, like I know where I, I know where <laughs> yeah. that has to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's about it's it. Kind it's kind of fun, fun to like start realizing, oh, okay, this part is responsible for this um, part of the software. And then this part probably does this or that. And you... You kind of like start to yeah, as you said, like adjust something, and then it all of a sudden works, and it's super rewarding as well. Like getting something up and running that you had no idea about before is like it's yeah, it's super exciting. So the first thing I got running was the um, the M5 stick. Uh, well, actually, first I got the M5 stack price checker running from BTC oh, Socialist. Cool. Okay. So that, yeah, that yeah, was like yeah. my first first thing. I mean, besides the raspy blitzes and everything like that, that was my, you know, first type mm-hmm. of terminal thing with the M5 stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went cool. on to buy the stick, and then I actually managed to fork his code and add the, uh, the library and the parameter that was needed for the M5 stick to work. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. What did you do with the stick, though? Like, the stick is the that one uh, with the camera inside, right? It's yeah, but this one doesn't have the camera. This is the uh, the base, like, the total, total base model. Hold on a second. I'm trying to find it. It's this little guy here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 So th- this, all I had to do was we had to rotate the screen, and we had to change the uh, – we had to rotate the screen, and we had to change the line that it was presented on. But there was also this mm. other strange parameter about rotating the text. Oh, right. That, okay. like, for some reason wasn't documented anywhere. And we're not talking about documented from BTC Socialist. I'm talking about even, like, M5 stack. Like, yeah, yeah, they only yeah. showed eight settings. But for some reason, there appears to be, like, 18 settings. I, I don't really. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, But I, I saw you've got a couple of other projects on yours. Um yeah, yeah, yeah there, is, there is ideas, definitely. So, I mean, the, at the moment, I have like a long list of things to do at the ATM. That's definitely going to be a big time or a big chunk of, of my day that's going to go into that. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, I do have other ideas. Just this week, and uh, it was quite, it's quite cool. There was a hackathon here at this co-working space that I work from. And it was... That was after the lightning conference that I actually in the airplane together with with a, with my buddy Ruben, um, who runs Bitter. I don't know if you've heard of Get Bitter. I have so heard we, of it. Yeah, we we flew back from from Berlin to Lisbon, and we kind of like talked about lightning and Ellen URL and what other applications there would be, and all of a sudden we had this idea about. Like we were, I was always thinking uh, also with this shop that I set up BTC Pay Server for in Berlin, that he was excited and he wants an ATM as well in his shop and wants um, people that get change from him or that come with their change to put it into the ATM and buy a little bit of Bitcoin just to get a feel and to, to pay even with Bitcoin for ice cream um, as an example. And um, all of a sudden I had this idea, if you buy groceries at a shop, and you get coins back and then take those coins and put it into an ATM, why not like get rid of one step in between and reduce it to just basically getting Bitcoin from the shop where you buy your groceries from? That was, that was our idea. And that was what we built this, this weekend um, um, during the hackathon. So That's we crazy. went and just thought, so if you go to a grocery store or, or any store really, right? And you go and you have a, by the end you have like 15 euros, 50 or whatnot. You pay with a 20 euro bill and those four euros, 50, you could get it back in Bitcoin in a super easy way. That'd be, that'd be really cool. And we thought, so we can really build that. So we, we used an open source POS, a point of sales system and integrated our solution again with um, the LNTX bot that can create quite easily those withdrawable QR codes. And we made a system in which you could choose either to, so if the client would just choose to 
get his coins back. You could press one button and then the normal receipt would come out, come out and then the cash drawer opens in order for you to give back coins. But then there was another button that said, um, give Bitcoin back or change in Bitcoin in Lightning. And then the receipt would look different and the receipt would have a QR code on it for the exact amount of Satoshis that was just calculated at that moment when the receipt came out of the printer. So we knew how much in, in euros the person would get back, say a euro 50. We looked at the price for Bitcoin, calculated the amount of Satoshis and created the QR code or LN URL for that specific amount and put that all onto the receipt, including a little description, what wallets you have to use and stuff. And so the receipt came out just ready to be scanned with your LN URL um, capable Bitcoin Lightning wallet, and yeah, that's amazing. It was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah it's a really cool project, and we got we got really good feedback. So we actually think, I mean, right now it's built into this uh, a little bit in a hacky way. Definitely, it's all hacked yeah, it's... in a hackathon style, and it's definitely not nothing that you could just like give away and like no. make people uh, replicate, but. There is there is some interesting POS systems out there. I think that have like plugin solutions or plugin functions that you could do, hook into, and we actually want to look into a bit um, closer during the next couple of days and see if there's an application for it or if we could build a plugin for one of the um, commonly used POS systems that are. Um, that have a widespread adoption. Yeah, maybe there is maybe there is something like that. Man, if I could get my change in Bitcoin, I oh. would I would opt for that every time. Yeah. So there, there's there, there's at least the Bitcoiners that would say yes to this. True. So true. all we all we need think. to do is keep growing our numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So and I think also if I mean the change often change is it's probably like it definitely has legal implications so how much i mean it would probably lead to a point where people go and buy something for five euros and then give like a hundred euros worth of, of, of bills to the cashier so oh, no. you, would, you would go the kyc rabbit hole right so you would probably need to limit that to a certain amount i think you could kind of like not fly under the radar but you could probably make it happen without too much kyc if you stay below a certain amount if you keep it below five or ten euros worth of bitcoin might be might be possible in most jurisdictions and i do think that i mean at the end it's a, a way of dollar cost averaging so buy your groceries every other day you get a little bit of bitcoin automatically dollar cost average and it would be maybe a, an opportunity also to get more people interested into it because oh yeah why not like 50 cents worth of Bitcoin, let me let me try it out, have it on their receipt. They can take it back home. They can look at well, what's been written there, download one of the wallets, start exploring the thing. I mean, it, it it's definitely an interesting an interesting thing. I'm not I'm not sure it's yet the the time for this. Like in order for everybody, like I mean, imagine the cashier asks. Would you want to have your coin? Do you want to have coins? Do you want to have Bitcoin? Most of the people would probably still up for the coins, I would think. Yes. Because they don't know because it's new, because they've only heard that drug dealers and and, and criminals use Bitcoin. Or yeah. The perception isn't still at a point where people really maybe want to have their change in Bitcoin. But I do think there is definitely, there will be a point where that is um, that is a valuable or, or, or a thing that grocers could implement yeah absolutely. I, t I totally agree like we're, we're definitely not like obviously the majority of people wouldn't opt for bitcoin we would mm. you know most people would just yeah, take absolutely. Yeah. you know yeah. but <laughs> but you know how it works right like you expose people you know like even for you know people like you know like me you know the first time i heard of bitcoin i obviously wasn't very interested and then i kept hearing about it and eventually my mm -hmm. interest grew but I, I think that by putting it on the pay terminals and showing it as a valid option for oh, yeah. a way to return money, number one, it it kind of even helps solidify that store of value idea, right? Oh yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're getting it back in Bitcoin, 
So you're you're mm. actually choosing to have that back. You know, like people, even though they get cash back, they're really just going to spend it as quickly as they can. So, yeah, true. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's... It's, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I, I think it has to do with the seeing it makes it regular kind of thing. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so that's why I like that idea of doing it, you know, like the point of sale. And I love the, the cash back idea. But I wanted mm -hmm. to make a comment to what you said before. You'd have to people would have no choice but to do limits because everybody would be showing up to buy a pack of gum for two thousand dollars. You know, like, it's like, oh, I just wanted to get this pack of gum and wanted to give you this, you know, it's two thousand dollars. Just happened to have two thousand dollars on <laughs> for gum, you know, or, you know, or something ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. it would be kind of funny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see myself paying, you know, every like you said, you know, like giving a hundred dollar bill, you know, for, you know, like deodorant or something. <laughs> it's just so you can get it all back in Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so so let me ask you this for the, um, you know, for, for, for the listeners, um, how could they uh, how could they find you? What's the best way to find you? Definitely Twitter. I think Twitter is the best way to reach me. So at cool. 21 is enough if they want to know something, if they want to know about my project or, or GitHub. So on GitHub, at 21 is enough as well. I'm always happy to respond, happy to answer questions. If you've got, if you're, if you're super technical, you could go and build this Lightning ATM at the moment. It does work. Um, you would probably need to ask me one or two questions. Where do I need to um, connect this or that cable? But um, eventually there will be tutorials. So I think it's going to get easier and easier. But still, like, do not hesitate to, to ask and, and contact me. I'm always happy to answer questions or, or point you to resources if there is anything that you want to learn more about. Yeah. I'll post your, uh, your contact information uh, in the show notes. Any uh, any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners? Um, just build, 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 build. Like yeah, Biddle Bootcamp was a great, great introduction to me. Um, learned a lot during those weeks, and I think just encourage people to kind of break that break through that barrier and go and try something and get excited about something there is i mean i for a long time i did not really know what i wanted to do i, I explored a lot of topics i started to code and yeah learn bitcoin learn to understand bitcoin on a on a lower level but for a long time i didn't really know what i wanted to do or what what's what I was passionate about, but I think if you keep your eyes open and just um, stay on it and explore, you will eventually find a project that you're excited about. And then do your first like pull request into an open source project. That's one of the one of the absolutely f most fantastic things you could possibly do. I was so happy. <laughs> I re recall exactly when I had my first pull request merge, merge into a project. It's super rewarding, so I would encourage people just go and try try things out. It does not need to be code. It can be it can be other it can be translation. It can be um, other things. Web deck design. Um, there's a lot of Bitcoin meets good designers. Um, yeah, just get engaged and contact people. Most of the people are super um, responsive and willing to willing to help out and point you to the right resources if you're a little lost cool very cool man mm -hmm. thank you very much for joining me on the podcast i really appreciate it for having me yeah it was it was great talking to you we're Thanks gonna a lot. we're gonna have to talk again because uh as i'm gonna keep watch of that project that is absolutely amazing yes yes yes, yes. i want to see that atm right behind you there i know me too right That's now fine. it's it's just like some wall unit <laughs> that's just a picture uh but uh yeah very cool man <laughs> so uh, thank you very thank much you. for joining me thanks a lot yeah see you again bye-bye cheers i hope everybody enjoyed my discussion with 21 is enough his contact details will be in the show notes if you want to reach out to me you can find me on telegram or twitter at coin icarus if you want to send me an email you can find me at it's fun with Bitcoin at protonmail.com. And of course, if you guys want to support the show, you can head on over to moetarags.com and just look for all clothing and then fun with Bitcoin 
podcast, and you can check out all of our sweet swag over there. If you do decide to pick something up, you can get yourself a 15% discount by using the code FUNWITHBITCOIN. Thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you all next time.